Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. It's time now for our Friday morning coffee break and uh, delighted to welcome to the studio Niamh Delmer from the University of Limerick. She's a student there involved in the Limerick Voice, which is the student newspaper. And you're welcome, Niamh. Thank you very much uh, for coming in. Uh, sounds easy with Live 95's Len Deneen. Good morning to you, Len. Hi, How are you doing? Thank you for coming in uh, as well. And from Ortiz Lyric FM and probably had the strangest week of the lot of us, uh, <laughs> Lorcan Murray is here. Good, good morning, morning, Joe. To you. Good morning um, to you. Lorcan. I mean, talk about uh, a mix of emotions this week. We were chatting to you on Monday, um, Tuesday rather, because yes, we were talking yeah. about uh, Gay Byrne's death the day before mm-hmm. um, and you were paying tribute to him and reminding us that actually Lyric FM was the last station that it he sure worked was. on. Yes, yeah. And then later in the week, you and others heard from RTE that they're intending to close the Limerick studios and move mm. Lyric to a combination of Dublin and Cork. Absolutely, and uh, just it wasn't actually from RT that I heard, and that's I suppose what what really highlighted it and made it so disappointing uh, that it it was really a friend who sent me a text just as I was going to bed. So there you go, that it was online in the Times. So I, and I think RT, you know, are, are upset, management upset as well with the way it was leaked. But but all in all, to the employees, to my colleagues, and that it was very disappointing to uh, not hear it straight directly. Mm. Lyric has made a big contribution to Limerick over many years. Obviously, it is a national mm-hmm. service. Um, what are your thoughts and the thoughts of others around the building down there uh, in the city centre now? Well, first and foremost, these are proposals and they will have to, the detail of which will have to, to be ironed out. So as far as I'm concerned, it's not set in stone yet. There may be room to manoeuvre, although that is not what is coming out. From RTE, you can imagine the disappointment from people who, like myself, I, I know you a long time, Joan, I've came back to Limerick to join uh, the National Arts and Culture Station here in Limerick. And I suppose, as well as that, it's, it's really a snub to something that the, the uh, previous governments have done in relation to that green paper at the time uh, they asked and endorsed, and it was written into law by our president, Michael D. Higgins, in relation to decentralisation for state bodies. And one of the successful, one of the, the, the great um, golden moments of that is Lyric. Mm. Completely so. And suddenly, uh, overnight, they can say, no, look, we're going to uh, move it out. Yeah. They're saying that they will keep a news presence, RTE, in the Midwest, and we mm-hmm. know Cathy Halloran well here, RTE's yeah, Midwest yeah. correspondent. But the sense of it is that that building and on Corn Market Row, that that is not going to exist as RTE in Limerick, that, that whatever will be left, mm-hmm. if it goes through, will be somewhere else in town, it seems. Yeah, well, uh, the, the Director General has, has worded it as a new facility. Now, what that means, I don't know. I'm as much in the dark about that as you, and I wouldn't like to comment until it comes out, till I, I know and um, I'm sure it's frustrating for the Midwest correspondent in relation to that as well. But they are saying it's a new facility. Uh, Corn Market Square seems to be off the table. It is uh, a wonderful facility. Uh, I don't see why we couldn't downsize there, uh, to be honest. But look, all these things um, relevant until the details come out. Mm. And but what about the pressure on media? There's no doubt there's commercial pressure on all media. We know it ourselves here. Mm. RTE obviously know it. The newspapers know it. It's right through the country and the industry, isn't it? 
It certainly is. But I, I think all media is adjusting to it, as, as you certainly have here. And I think radio is still the most listened to medium. Television is suffering at the hands of prepay of, pre-pay of, of uh, the, the players and your, your Netflix and all of these. So, yes, television is suffering. Radio, not as much. And I think that uh, all radio stations um, have become a little more aggressive. Lyric, unfortunately, is not a commercial station, although, you know... Why not? Uh, if if money is an issue, and certainly the the funding for Lyric has come through the license fee. But but even to point that out to you and to your listeners uh, who pay the license fee, if it is 160 euro, it is only um, I think it's just, it's under six euro of that that go of 160 that goes to Lyric. Mm-hmm. Len, what do you make of it all? I think it's appalling, Joe. Really, um, been very sorry, sorry for the the staff up there, and they were doing a great job up there. Um, it's uh, as a well-balanced Limerick man, Joe. I have a chip on both shoulders, and I, I can actually see them sitting down above an RTE uh, making these decisions. And the first decision, decision made would say, "Oh, look, we we'll get rid of those guys down in Limerick. Get rid of. We we'll leave the one in Cork because the Cork fellows be going mad, and they, they, they have so many TDs up here in high places anyway. You know, but we we'll get rid of Limerick and uh, we'll cut it there, and no one." And we go on from there. But I think it's appalling because um, it has been doing very well. I feel sorry for Larkin and and, and the the staff. They really do. And uh, you'll have to travel down to Cork now, won't you? Well, that's what's maybe on the table. Like I said, I don't know the finer details. of, And we genuinely don't know. I'd love to. So you can imagine the frustration uh, on my side not knowing. But yes, it would look like Dublin or Cork and... um, you know, mm-hmm. and you are considering your career. You're studying media, and you're hearing all these headlines <laughs> this week and others as well. What do you make of it all? We were even talking in class yesterday. Like you know, RTE is kind of it's it's a big goal for a lot of journalism students, and we're all like, oh well, we're not getting a job anytime um, in there anytime soon. <laughs> but I suppose like f- in terms of the Limerick Voice, we've been covering it a lot, uh, particularly yesterday, and just speaking to people in Limerick, and there's everyone is just so angry and disappointed, and it just makes you wonder, you know. What was the decision process there? As it was said there, like, why does Limerick have to suffer? Um, you know, everyone has been saying online um, all about decentralising the national broadcaster. Like, you just, ca- I, I just can't fathom why Limerick has to be the one to suffer when, you know, there hasn't been any issues mm. there. Because the other part of this, of course, is the unseen bit. You know, having uh, RT Lyric FM in Limerick... On the air, it means a certain amount, but it's probably the people who come here, live here, contribute, go to the studios, work in the studios, mm. and their contribution to cultural life in Limerick themselves as individuals, like Lorcan and, and the work that you mm. do around town, you know, that sort of thing, Len. Yeah, for, for years, Joe, we were, we were campaign, campaigning for a university. And now we have the university and the way has grown and fair play to Ted Walsh and, and the, the, the troop of, of people out there at that time because they had to go through hell and high water to get uh, you uh, recognised, as you know. Mm-hmm. And now it's gone from strength to strength. And Lyric, there was a connection, there was a big connection, wasn't there, Larkin, between you uh, and yourselves? Absolutely. And, and at one stage there was talk of the, uh, the university embracing the studios with the mention of an RT were originally uh, moving some of the studios into the technology uh, areas. 
and uh, you, Elber, certainly uh, embra- all embracing. I know Des Fitzgerald still is uh, all embracing. So, yes, you're right uh, with that connection. And uh, there is a contribution from lyric uh, to it. But certainly in the Irish World Academy of Music, um, you know, we would have a great association with them, obviously, because of, of what they do. And the Chamber Orchestra is based out there as well. So there's a great um, arts arts feel from that whole area. Mm. And then you wonder about, this is not just about lyric, of course, mm-hmm. they're talking about uh, you know, 200 uh, redundancies, they're talking about the end of digital audio broadcasting yeah. and some of those channels, you know, like RT Gold and we had mm-hmm. um, uh, our friend Will Leahy with us during the week and he does the breakfast show there, for example. Um, and, and then uh, other movements, developments, uh, selling more of the Donnybrook mm-hmm. campus with the government in the background essentially saying to them, we're prepared to do something on the licence fee, but we don't believe, and this seems to be the message from government, we don't believe that you have engaged in the reform you need to engage in. And until you yeah. do, we're doing nothing for you on the licence fee. That, that, seem, that seems to be the message. Well, could, I, could I just say yeah. something to you on behalf of the staff right across the organisation, which a lot of people wouldn't know. It is a very... It, it is, like any other company, the wages there would be average wages for everyone from presenters like myself to most of the staff. But usually it's you just see the top 10 very high earners. You could be on, you know, eight, nine, ten times what I'm on. Right. Just to put it in perspective. But all of the uh, normal staff, shall we, our staff within RTE uh, in 2009 took a 7% pay cut plus a 10-year freeze up to last year on their wages. No increase. Uh, we've all job shared. There would be a lot of that uh, where, where we've, you know, double jobbed in cases and taking on a lot more responsibility. That has all happened, you know, and I think there is a frustration amounting there where people are, are, are saying, well, look, how much more of this can we take? You know, they have, have cut it back. Genuine, I really mean that, heartfelt. And, and everyone is delighted to do that within the organisation. Okay. Well, we'll wait and see. But as I say, a very unusual week uh, for all of you, I I have to say. Ladies and gentlemen, to whom it concerns, it's The Late Late Show. And here is your host, Gay Byrne. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, Line 6. Hello, Line 6. Yes. Hello. Yes. Well, I've been watching the Late Late Show for many, many years. You have? And I think that's the most horrible item you've ever put on. Uh, I oh, think there's a bloody disgrace. Oh, with the holy God. What do you mean by that? Sorry, you are at the moment saying that all of us are big booty men and not to leave a child alone with any of us that we yeah. could do some damage. That is a statement. That, to um, me, is a very unfair um, fascist um, statement. Are you going to give the, the jobs to the vets, the farriers? The saddlers, the livery men, the lorry men, the breeders, the fellows that do all the things that... And the, and the, tour, all, all of the people would allow the introduction of divorce, but they would not have this snowball effect, this mad gallop and dash to have a divorce okay. of the Irish people. There should be proper childcare facilities for them, not school at four years old. The minimum, ideally, that you give a child is two parents to love it, a roof over its head, food and hope. And if you can't give it those things, then I submit the respect that the beating its heart is meaningless.
just caught me, Amory. Amory put that piece together. <laughs> <laughs> the one right at the end. <laughs> the double tap at the end. Oh, jeepers. <laughs> that was lovely, actually. And, and just a reminder, Len, I mean, you know, I'm very much part of the landscape of your life, Gay Byrne, of course, yourself. <sighs> How did he manage to do all this stuff? In other words, have these massive debates in the middle of, you know, some band coming on and going, well, I'll play a few tunes for you now and then we'll have each other killing people over divorce or abortion or any of the big social issues. Yeah, he was very versatile, Joe, wasn't he? And of course, well, he was, he was the voice, really. And he, he came from a time where there was only one, one television channel at that time. And... Uh, he had the monopoly, didn't he? Yeah. Graham Norton, no. And Gay, in my book, Gay is, was way ahead of Graham Norton. Graham Norton is excellent at what he does, obviously. But he gets all the top people in now because BBC, they have the money and then the rest. But uh, an RT are, you know, they've scrapped really, unfortunately. That's the way it's gone. But in Gay's time, he had the top people. I mean, I remember an interview with Peter Ustinoff. Hmm. I mean, Kenny Everett then on the other side of things. He had all the top guys. He was really... Unfortunately, I never got on to the Late Late when he was there, Joe. I hadn't been famous at that time, you know. But you were on the Late Late with Pat, was it? I was, with, I was on with Pat Kenny twice. Yeah, I spoke actually twice on... The yes, first sir. time, um, Monster had... The, 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 we were coming through and eventually when we won the, the European Cup in 2006, then he had us up to talk about Monster and I was talking about... The, the Les Miserables of Monster. We were downtrodden, like they're doing to the Lyric now at the moment down here in mm. Limerick. You're down there in Limerick, you know, and you're down there in Monster, and you're, you're and we came up and we won the we won the European Cup. So I, I spoke to Pat on that occasion, and then on the other occasion I spoke to him was um, the Richard Harris tribute. Yes, and I told that one story about that that confessional box, Joe. I share it with people out there because some people mightn't mightn't have heard it. But it's just uh, Richard Harris's brother Dermot uh, was his manager, and Dermot took me down to their their apartment on one occasion. Uh, Dickie wasn't there, but he showed me around the place and we had a bit of a party down there. But in the corner was an ornate confessional box, and I said, "What the heck? What's that doing over there in the corner?" Oh, he said, "Now and again, Dickie has a tell your sins party." He said. And he said, he acts the part of the priest. <laughs> so he goes in, tell your sins party, and it's lined up, all the lovely girls, it's all, only girls allowed in to tell their sins, lined up to tell their sins, and the, the lady to tell the most wicked sin, let's put it like that, uh, got first prize, and first prize was a cuddle with, with Dickie. <laughs> there you go. Huh? <laughs> I'll tell you, it, it, it would have been an interesting reversal, I would say, of roles in terms of uh, um, the confessional there with uh, good old Richard Harris as well. Uh, what do you think, Niamh, of, of the whole... I mean, I don't know what... We asked some younger um, contributors this week you know, what gay burn meant to them. What... what did yeah, he meet I, was, you? I was actually listening this week to, the, to that segment and it's funny because I'm kind of in the same boat. I was one when um, Gay Brown finished up with the Late Late, so I didn't grow That's up. That's one. That's one, <laughs> one, one year. My goodness. I didn't I didn't gr- grow up with Gay Brown, watching Gay Brown, but it's funny because still I can appreciate the person that he was and at the same time like on Tuesday night my four housemates and I sat down they were all 21 as well and we all sat down and watched the late late and we were all so emotional and I think seeing all the 
the kind of um, recollection of of episodes of the Late Late Show just has shown me how progressive he was. And I think as a young person, because I I probably haven't really appreciated the Ireland that was before my time, um, it, it just shows me how much he did for the modern Ireland that we have now, which I found really interesting, I have to say. I have to say, and uh, you know, a lot of people have been making this point this week on this show and elsewhere, and it's really struck a chord with me. I just have the strongest memories of my late mother in the kitchen listening to the radio show and, you know, being compelled almost every morning to listen to what Gay had on, what he was saying. And, you know, it probably inculcated in me a love of radio, I must say. Uh, What about you, Lorcan? Yeah, I would be the very same as you, Joe. My mum, particularly... And uh, to put it in perspective for Niamh, uh, because uh, Len had mentioned Graham Norton, who I think is fantastic and one of our best out there at the moment, really. But Graham Norton uh, has a, a television show where he is scripted. He has script writers. They set it up for him. Everything is set up. The whole thing is pre-recorded and edited and out it goes, right? And New Take Gay went live. Every time. Right, yeah. He used to go over time in the whole lot. So the, I, there is no comparison. I heard people mentioning Oprah Winfrey maybe in that league. Not at all, because gay came up in an era where there was a lot of suppression, particularly in relation to uh, females being allowed to wear things. I think he liberated women in this country. I think he acknowledged frustrations that were that were able to be aired on, on radio from my own mother to my sister, to everybody. You, you know what I mean? And he did that. And he had to fight tooth and nail uh, with RT management in doing all of that but he had the help and support of a great production team and he was just so progressive but I had been on uh, the late late with him he was great to charity and um, on the strength of him we ended up with a a number one single with uh, Hazel O'Connor and we we did the rap against rape with my colleagues Tony Fenton and (laughs) and a few more which was great and it wouldn't have happened without him and and a funny story um, I never knew I'd get into broadcasting my aunt lived next door to him in, in Hoth and when we used to visit her in the summer and that, we'd be having a look and never saw him. Never, just, we knew he was there, a car would go in and out and the whole lot. And um, in, in later years, I was telling him this and he was aware of them and that because of his interest in aviation. My uncle was a pilot in Aer Lingus. My aunt was the first lady actually in Ireland to fly. Really? Yeah, Una Hammond, Una Scannon. But anyway, that's another story for another day. But he was just uh, such a, a nice man. And I had the opportunity to get to know him over the years just from corridor speak, because yeah. who was I yeah, yeah. in that sense? But he, he was aware of me. And then I got to know Corona o- over the years. But I just want to say, when he joined Lyric, um, Mike Murphy uh, mentioned it, and I had mentioned to me before, because I'd meet him in, in transit and that, he loved what he did on Lyric in the, in the last years. And I just think that's a lovely uh, thing for him. And uh, the last thing he wanted was go back and do his Sunday afternoon show. But was he a bit tight? Oh, was he? Because <laughs> Mike Murphy alluded to that. For the day that's in it, I'd have to say he was the most generous man. <laughs> certainly. And, and, you know, um, you're very you're very kind to acknowledge him in that way. And, and, uh, Why wouldn't just, we? Isn't it Why lovely? wouldn't we? And I mean, just, you know, I, I just think we, we actually caught him on a very good morning. We did an interview with him a few years ago because he was coming to do a one-man show, uh, or as he said, he was yeah, a, a one-and-a-half-person yeah. show yeah. because his wife was involved in it as well at the Lime Tree Theatre which I went to and was amazing I mean to see yeah. the man without a note but he did a lovely interview that morning it's available at live95.ie where he talked you know with a, a bit of introspection about his career and yeah. his time and his life and why he did what he did and how he did what he did and 
an, an amazing, amazing. I, I, mm-hmm. I, I don't think we'll see his like again. To be honest, no. you know, I mean, others will come along, and as always happens. But, but as Larkin says, he wasn't afraid to take on the establishment. He took on, took on yeah. the clergy as well. You know, you know that show, the one-man show you were talking about? Yeah. His first two shows on that, he had little uh, props beside, little keynotes and whatever else. After the, after the first two, I'm not looking at them anymore. You got rid of it. And like you said, you're exactly right. Just walked out on stage. My favourite story from that night, very quickly, was yeah. he was talking about the legendary Brendan Behan. And yeah. he said he was working with Granada in Manchester and there was a hotel called the Midland in Manchester where uh, people were um, uh, you know, kept or yeah. held or hauled up at times, mm-hmm. uh, particularly well-known people. Brendan Bean was at the height of his fame and he was a researcher with Granada. And they said to him, you're Irish, aren't you, gay? Go down there and see if that Brendan Bean guy will come on television with <laughs> us tonight. And he got Brendan, ooh. So he was trying phone calls, he was doing yeah. various things, he was waving, he was doing everything. Eventually he, he said, I got a, finally got on the phone to the hotel room. And he said, uh, look, um, Mr. Bean, is there any chance you'd come, you know? And, and your man said, who are you? And he said, he explained who he was. I'm a researcher. Are you, are you, I know, I'm from Dublin. I'm from Dublin. And eventually, Brendan said to him, um, would it do you some good? And Gay said, it wouldn't do me any harm. <laughs> <laughs> and Behan turned up on telly that night, did a great interview and was really helpful to Gay with Granada from that point on. And do you know what? It was the only point in the whole night that Gay got emotional in that one-man show, remembering Brendan Behan's kindness to him when he started. You know, it was amazing. Anyway, listen, uh, may he rest in peace, as I say, um, his funeral. Absolutely. Thank you so much to Lorcan Murray. Thank you to Lendeline. Thank you to Niamh Dalmer from uh, UL. Best luck with your career, Niamh. Thank you very much. And and we will go out again. There's a special tribute by independent radio stations right around the country, which you will hear uh, after the 12 o'clock news uh, in tribute to Gay. Uh, All the stations are doing it. um, But you're listening... We'll have to go out with the SIG tune. Uh, from Anne-Marie and from me, have a great weekend. Call Limerick today now on 461995.